0: The Shrine Bowl is an opportunity for players to show off for NFL scouts and general managers and personnel. And one specific wide receiver had a big week last week and didn't even play in the game. On today's show, we're going to look at Zay Flowers talk about what he did in last week's Shrine Bowl. Maybe we also talk about why he didn't play in the Senior Bowl, which I think was an option for him, and look at his draft stock. We're also going to look at Jaden Woodby, who was also in that uh, practice sessions. And finally, the pot happened, and uh, yeah, more bad news for Boston College. We'll get into that and all a whole lot more on today's show. Today we'll be joined by Mitch Wolf. Locked on BC, I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you guys for joining me. You know me. I'm the editor of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. And today we're going on about our friend Zay, uh, one of our favorite ca- you know, characters and players to talk about here on BC uh locked on bc with me today our daily our weekly guest and writer for eagle insider mitch wolf mitch how's it going it's going well Uh, we had some technical technical difficulties
1: getting this show started mostly on your end uh but i'm excited to talk about the draft it's my favorite time of year uh you know it's a good way to you know resolve the lack of football blues that are soon to commence
0: yeah. So yeah, I was at my computer was on a just never ending spiral of what looked like to be updating. I don't know what was going on. I did not want it to update, but thankfully we're here. And thank you all who have joined the, the stream and you're in there, hit the comment section, hit the like and subscribe button right now. um, If you enjoy what we're doing Um, now, let's, let's chat about Zay. Zay participated in the shrine bowl. And first question for me, For the Shrine Bowl, why did he choose that over the Senior
1: Bowl? So it's actually funny because – so The Athletic just posted an article uh, from Chad Graff, who I believe is their beat writer for the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots were one of the coaching staffs at the Shrine Bowl. Um, I can't remember if they were the one team coaching Zay or was the other team. Regardless, uh, it's kind of a rehash of the story about Zay. Uh, turning down that $500,000 from some other school for him to transfer for his final year of college. And I I think the way why he ended up at the Shrine game was kind of a similar story. That was the first all-star game to offer him. He made a commitment to them and he was going to stick with it. Uh, so, you know, like he did with BC, he, you know, even though I know the senior bowl want him, I know Jim Nagy said that he wanted Zay flowers, but Zay essentially said, listen, I made a commitment to this game. And now that these games are essentially during the same week, uh, their practices are the same days. The shrine game was last Thursday, if I remember correctly. And then the senior bowl game was Saturday. Uh, and Zay was like, listen, like I made a commitment and I'm going to stick with it. Even though he, again, he only practiced one day and didn't actually play in the game. <laughs>
0: Even that, I think it's, it just says a lot to his character, like a guy that sticks to his word. It's so easy. I mean, you see so many stories in college sports and just sports in general, where a player says one thing out out of one side of his mouth and then does something completely different. Um, I think that's what's made Zay so refreshing to to cover is that he's, he's, he's authentic. I feel like everything he says is what he feels. Um, And, you know, I think, character wise, he's going to be a really uh, popular guy in the NFL. I think a lot of folks are going to really enjoy, um, you know, having him on their team, but we're not talking about his character. We know his character already. Let's look at what he did. What, what, what stood out to you about his, you know, as you said, it was only limited practices, but what do you think really stood out to the scouts and, and and made him kind of stand out? Well,
1: I mean, like I said, I think he practiced the second day. So essentially he was there the first day and sweats kind of just walking around practice doing, uh, you know, not really doing anything. And I think seeing other guys playing, got his competitive juices flowing and he's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to practice one day. And there was a video that came out of him doing some like light workouts, but working out at like 10 PM uh, the night before that practice. And that was kind of showing, you know, how committed he is to this process. So he goes out there that one day of practice and, Essentially, pretty much, he's pretty much torching everybody that is trying to cover him. And, you know, there were, I'll say the Shrine Bowl has done a really good job of upping the level of talent that they've uh, been able to get to their game. You know, they used to be definitely a, a clear tier below the Senior Bowl, but now they're kind of trying. To, they're getting close to being on equal footing. But there were times and even at the Senior Bowl, there were guys you could say this about that. You can see where certain guys are just a different level above other guys. You know, even though, like I said, the Shrine Bowl is doing a good job. They still have guys that you know, they were FCS all-stars or they were guys who did play for big programs, but they, you know, were late bloomers or just weren't consistent. Um, and then you have a guy like Zane, he comes, he shows up and, you know, starts cooking dudes all over the field with his quickness, with his route running, with his hands. Uh, and after one practice, he says, okay, you know, that's it. You saw what you needed to see. And I think <laughs> that based on everything that I saw on Twitter and I've looked up in the news, you know, the team's like, yep, that's, we just wanted to see it in person and confirm you know, confirm
0: our priors and we feel good about what we saw. So I heard something that he said that he wants to run a around a round of low four, three. Yes.
1: Uh, I, I, the more interesting part, in my opinion, that he talked about the combine. And this was an interview with Steelers Depot.com, which I know it's a Steelers website, but they do a lot of really great draft content over there. So I highly recommend, uh, look, they have some good stuff on Zay as well. So I would recommend reading some of their stuff, but they did an interview with him and he was talking about the combine. He said, honestly, just don't want to hit all my goals to try to get everything that I'm working for. Go get that four, three. And here's the fun thing. 15 reps on two twenty five. Just try to hit all my goals. Now four, three for Zay. I can totally believe it. And again, who am I to judge as as in terms of his athleticism and athletic and physical ability? I, I'm willing to put some money that Zay Flowers doesn't get 15 reps at the bench <laughs> at 225. And he'll be lucky because for to get a lot of reps, you do need to be a guy who has shorter arms. So he has that in, in his advantage. But that's a lot that's a lot of reps for a guy that size i think that would be some kind of record um i think four three is is possible you know fourth, especially you know i think four threes i'm not sure he's going to get below four three that's not not even a knock against him that's just you know super rare there's only been a handful of guys that have done that in history uh, especially with the official times but i think i think four threes are very possible for him especially in the shorts on a fast track in indianapolis um So, yeah, I I think that that's very doable. And I think if he does that, you know, I think that's going to even, you know, intensify the hype that's kind of been starting to generate for him in terms of rising up draft boards, rising up in mock drafts. You're seeing him go in the first round a lot more. I would say kind of before, especially going into the season, as the season kind of progressed, you would definitely see him in the second and third rounds. But now you're seeing him in the first round. A good bit more, which is
0: encouraging for BC fans. I was just going to bring that up when you're looking at these mock drafts. I saw one today that had him at like this, the Patriots' second pick, which I think was 46. Um, and I mean, I've I thought- seen him. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him in the. I've seen him to
1: the Chargers, so he could reunite with Zion Johnson. Um, I think in the top half of the first round, be a little rich, but you know, in terms of, it, it helps that this isn't a super strong wide receiver class. You have good players like Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Quentin Johnston, and Jordan Addison, but, uh, Smith and Jigba and Addison were limited by injuries this year. And obviously Addison had a down year from his Blitnikoff year in 2021. And Johnston is, he, he's just a very different type of receiver, but none of those guys are your Jamar chases, your Jalen waddles, your Devonta Smiths. Um, They're not complete players. So, you know, it's a, there's a very realistic world where you could, where like one team maybe has Zay as their wide receiver one. And the way the board
0: falls, he does, he is their top player. So, I mean, there's gotta be teams out there that that feel that way. I look at a team like the chiefs and, and Mm -hmm. what they, I know he's not, I know he's not. um Why can't I think it's Hill. Um, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yeah. He actually talked about
1: comparisons to him. And he said, I don't, he said uh, with respect to Tyreek, like, I don't I don't have his speed, but he said, I agree with like the explosiveness and, you know, stop, start, change of direction ability, which I I would agree with as well. All right.
0: Well, this is just one of many conversations we're going to have on Zay, because I'm sure we're going to talk about Zay after the combine. We're going to talk about Zay as we get closer to the NFL draft. There's going to be a lot of conversations about Zay. Now, there's not a lot of BC players to talk about in this NFL draft. but There was one other player in uh, Las Vegas for the Shrine Bowl, and that is safety linebacker more linebacker now jaden woodbay and we're going to talk about what his week looked like and get a more of a realistic view of what his future might hold for boston college uh in the nfl now if you know me you know the bill bar i'm if i'm looking for a delicious treat and i don't want the fat calories i go for the bill bar and then you also need to do the same thing we just got through the holidays and i know my goal is share. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I got the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it because it is so good. And it's only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, we've always talked about Built.com. You can still go there, get your 15% off with code LOCK15. But if you go to Sam's Club and Walmart, they have Built now. If you go to Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam clubs, Sam club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter churro. You're going to thank me later. So go on over, hit those belts. You're going to love them. All right. This is locked on BC, AJ black. We're talking here about the shrine bowl and some BC players that are setting themselves up for the NFL draft. And one other player, as we said earlier, entered, and that was Florida State transfer Jade Woodby, who played for BC for the last two seasons at safety. Now, Mitch, it looks like you put on a little bit of weight and went for a little bit of a position change. Talk a little bit about this.
1: Yeah, so uh, Jaden Woodby is going to be switching to linebacker in the NFL, which is something that I kind of expected to happen given how he was used at BC. And even, even if you look back at how he was used at Florida State, he was a hybrid player. They played him in the box slot, played him in the overhang, played him in the slot. Um, and now he's up to 231 pounds, still six feet, uh, which is that's all well and good. Uh, that's good size for a linebacker these days. Um, and I going into this process, I, I figured that would be a thing because you didn't really see Jaden Woodbay do a ton of deep coverage assignments for BC. They usually left that to guys like Cole Batson or Jason Maitre. And I part of the reason why, and I figured, this, and this was my concern, is that he didn't have the long speed. And uh, zone like deep zone coverage skills to be able to play in two high shells, the next level. And I think that's kind of why he made this transition, because a lot of the stuff he does well can translate to linebacker. And that just works better with his size. Um, and from what all I've read, I obviously wasn't there, sadly. Uh, apparently, AJ is, but there wasn't in the budget to pay for me to go to Vegas the other week. So uh, if you guys <laughs> are disappointed with that, talk to AJ about it. Uh, but According to everything I've read, it seems like he was quite impressive in the coverage drills. Which, again, that makes sense. Uh, you know, given his background as a safety, and when I was rewatching the film, writing his scouting report, you know, even though he wasn't asked to do a lot, you know, and most of was covering tight ends and running backs. You know, he's still pretty sticky in a lot of coverage assignments. The biggest problem for, and with regards to the game, and usually these games don't matter a ton. Uh, it's more about the week of practices. Uh, I did rewatch the game and it was kind of disappointing because Wood Bay only got in the game in the fourth quarter um, and played, I would say, maybe 15 snaps, uh, had some special teams stuff, which is where he's going to make his uh, make his money early on in his career. You know that the good thing about transitioning from that from one position to another there is that he still has the athleticism to be useful on special teams. But he, and he's a very good open field tackler. So those are really the two most important things for, for special teamers. But you didn't really see, see him get involved. He didn't have any statistics, no tackles or anything, uh, but he was around the ball. He did a lot of communicating with the back end of the coverage shell, which is good to see. Uh, the one thing that I'm most concerned about him with in the, in the next level, and even I was concerned about this when he was a safety is his his. his um the way he addresses blocks and is able to deconstruct them, shed them, and then make a play on the ball carrier. And so essentially if he's getting up in the, in the box to make, to fit the run, if a guy is blocking him, he is still figuring out how to get around that blocker, get through that block or hold it with the blocker and then shed them at the point of the point of attack. And, you know, for obviously for a guy transitioning from safety, this is a very, you're taking different angles. You're learning how to do this, especially with a different type of body weight. But, you know, given how smart Jaden is, given his great work ethic, I, I anticipate him, he's going to improve on this. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And luckily, in the meantime, he can be a contributor on special teams. So I think that is going to make him a draftable and a drafted player uh, come this late April. So you think he's going to actually be drafted? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's T. He, I also read an interview with him again on Steelers Depot where he talked about um, expecting to run in the four or fives, which, you know, at that size is fantastic. Uh, you know, even if he runs four, six, that's pretty good. Um, And, you know, that is useful because like I said, you know, that, that speed, that that speed at that position and his, he's very consistent in terms of his tackling technique. Um, And that's something that I think uh, uh, scouts and coaches are going to covet for a guy who he's going to be special teams, you know, so you want those things. So it's like, okay, we can have him do this kind of like how, if you think about Kevin Pierre Lewis, who played for BC a while ago, he's been in the NFL, you know, he's still in the NFL, just because he's so good on special teams because he's a great athlete and he's a good tackler. Uh, you know, he barely plays on defense, but he's, you know, made a living off of contributing on special teams. So I, I expect Jaden Wood Bay to uh, make, have a similar career arc, at least to start his green. You know, he could develop into a more consistent, you know, linebacker player, but you know, that's just, that's a bit of a tough projection right now just because we haven't seen him do it yet.
0: And I think that's going to probably be it for all of our draft draft eligible players. I don't, I can't think of anyone else that's going to probably be drafted. If yeah,
1: I I, I'm I'm as, as disappointed as I am to say it. I, I don't think teams are going to be big on Marcus Valdez or yeah. uh, Chibuzo Almuka given their age and uh, lack of size.
0: Right, um, they're undersized. and exactly. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. In a moment, Mitch. Let's just get to the let's get to the questions and, and comments in a second. But I want to make sure. I said this on yesterday's podcast, and you guys delivered, and I want to ask you again if you did not listen to yesterday's podcast. Um, if you're following along on YouTube right now, hit the subscribe button and the like button. It's really getting it's getting us closer to our goal of 750 subscribers. We really want to hit that soon. So please, if you have not done so already, do that. It is completely free to subscribe. Get all your BC videos right from us. Uh, so hit that subscribe button right now. All right, let's go to the comment section, and then Mitch is going to head out. Marty Party says, rather crazy that Crack the Rock Adazio was able to pull in Zay. I mean, he pulled the Mac
1: Brown and was going to play him at cornerback. Was <laughs> that he what he was said to him? As. That's, what, that's what he was recruited as, according to Zay. That's what he expected to play. And then they were like, oh, this guy is very fast. We should get him the ball on offense. <laughs> Oh, I missed that part of that.
0: Some of some of his comments. That that's yeah. in
1: the uh, in that athletic article that I mentioned. Oh, okay, um,
0: I, I remember Zay when he was a sophomore saying to me that uh, he was really excited to not just be doing jet sweeps over yep. and over. Yeah, I remember that comment. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: the other one, I uh, who was the last BC wide receiver drafted, uh, Kelvin Martin in '89, I think. Uh, yep. Because that's so. It's been thirty-two years, thirty-three.
0: <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and then we have off topic. This, I will take this one off topic, but does Mackay Ashton Langford have another year of eligibility? I hope not. <laughs> he's been around forever. Uh, <laughs> uh he, I, yeah, he's definitely out of eligibility after this year. Remember, he played for Providence for two years. I think he's on year three or four at BC. He's, he's done after this year. Um, and that's, I think is all we have for comments. Um, that David.
1: Did, yeah. I do remember that. It was also accompanied by seven other player by seven other coaches talking about how much they liked Halfley. So you know, yeah. I think it's, it's inevitable in life that you're going to find people who just don't vibe with you. And I think that was the case with that coach.
0: Um, so a let me read the comment in case yeah. people are listening on the podcast it says, "Do you remember a high school coach calling Halfley a snake oil salesman?" Continue, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, that was in an article at Athletic, I think,
1: last spring or two springs ago. Um, and like I said, there were a uh, plenty of other comments that were pretty glowing about Halfley that a lot of coaches liked him. So you know, again, I, I think I think we can get on Halfley about a lot of things. I think. I think he recruits the right way. And I think he, I think kids like him for that. I, and I mean, again, maybe this, this, this one, things think not go well. They had a bad experience, something, um, yep. you know, so, uh, you know, that'll happen. Um, the other one I want to do is the uh, perhaps, perhaps what they should have played linebacker at BC based on his alignments. He essentially did. Um, they played him in the box so much that he was a, a de facto third linebacker in their nickel defense. Um, and that, that's why I was like, okay, this, this transition for him to officially play linebacker makes sense and why i think he would have his leg up on other guys that, uh, that played safe that would be transitioning linebacker but still learning how to deconstruct those blocks is going to be his biggest uh that's gonna be his biggest obstacle in terms of what he needs to improve on when
0: moving on to the nfl all right mitch well i'm gonna let you go What uh, what would you like to plug today
1: uh you can just find me at mitchell t wolf w-o-l-f-e on twitter um like I said we'll be getting our Jaden Woodby scouting report out soon. Uh we're also going to try to get him on the podcast. I've been in contact with him a bit, but he's obviously been very busy with the Shrine game and preparing for the draft. So, ideally we'd love to get him on this week. I hope maybe next week uh before the combine happens. Uh but yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: And hopefully we'll have Mitch back on when BC eventually hires an offensive coordinator yeah, as true. we continue on our, our uh, watch list here for almost four weeks. <laughs> but Mitch, thank you so much for coming on. We'll have you on again soon, and uh, thanks. And we'll be back in just a moment to talk about the bean pot and some bad news as the Eagles fall. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our special partners over at FanDuel. If you have not checked out FanDuel yet, you need to check them out. They're the official sportsbook partner. Of Locked on because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spread. So who will score a touchdown? FanDuel book sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you can get your paid winnings easily, instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Make every map moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Locked on BC, AJ Black. We're going to wrap things up with a quick conversation about BC hockey. Now, this uh on monday it's the first monday in 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 february so you know what that means it's time for the bean pot and bc played in the first game of the series uh in the in the championship uh sorry the first round jeez my goodness against harvard or havid if you're from massachusetts and the game did not start off well for bc they fell behind 3 to 1 uh in the second period but Credit to the Eagles. They came back um, in the late in this third period with goals by Nikita Nesarenko and Cutter Gauthier to tie the game. And I believe it was just a minute left in the game. So BC falls behind. They show the resilience to get back into this. The game goes to overtime. And BC lets up a goal with, like, I think it was like a minute left in overtime. And they lo- lose. So and again, this is more bean pot bad luck. It feels like the Eagles haven't been competitive in the bean pot or haven't won the bean pot in like seven, eight years now. Um, Harvard was number eight or number ten, depending on what uh, poll you look at. So they're not a they're not they're, they're not anyone you're gonna shrink away from. But um, this was a tough loss, tough loss for BC. They're gonna play the loser of Boston, Boston University University and Northeastern next week. Um, it's been a tough stretch for BC. Uh, they have not uh, played very well. You know, they just lost two straight games to BU. They lost to UMass Lowell. They got to start getting some wins on for Greg Brown, but uh, they, they just haven't been able to string it together yet. But that's my little hockey talk. Basketball will be back this week against Virginia Tech. Uh, who's playing exceptionally well. They just beat number six UVA this weekend. So you're going on the road to play a Virginia Tech team that uh, is definitely got the confidence that they didn't have when they lost to BC earlier this year. Well, this is AJ Black. I'm going to head out. Uh, this It's a quiet night. And hopefully, as I said, we'll be getting some offensive coordinator news to talk about soon. But thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Bye.